Welcome back to Stuff No One Told Us About Weight Loss. I'm Eloise and I'm here with Aaron. And today we're talking about the fact that no one told us that our thoughts literally create our reality. We have got a super fun episode for you today. And this one's really on point because... I don't think it's really that fun. (laughs) Prior to this, prior to us actually filming this episode, recording this episode for you, we were going back and forth doing the exact same thing. So thoughts were getting in the way, uh, preventing us from actually doing this, recording this podcast. Um, And that's what we're going to talk about to you today in relation to how that prevents you with weight loss. I tend to have a lot of thoughts. And so I'm almost an expert on this topic. <laughs> well, we, we all have lots of thoughts, but Eloise has probably 10 times what the average person does. <laughs> what a lot of us do when it comes to losing weight. We like to overanalyze everything, all the moving parts, and really try to make it a lot more confusing for ourselves in a bid to prevent us from actually doing what we need to do. Yes, and to be honest, that is something that I have dealt with in my weight loss past as well. It's something that's held me back in many areas of life. Um, And specifically with losing weight or really trying anything new, um, you know, as soon as I would start to see some success, I would sort of, I guess it's a bit of self-sabotage really. But it's, um, yeah, I guess it's just believing the thoughts that come up And not really understanding that the reason I feel so shitty at the time is because of what I'm thinking, not actually because of what's happening. So I think like from my perspective, the biggest things is overanalyzing, just literally picking everything apart, something that seems quite simple. um, And then just looking at all the moving parts under a microscope in your mind and looking at why this might not work, how we can change it. Oh, a good one is if I can't do it, like if I can't do it at this certain level, I shouldn't really bother doing it at all. So like Mm. I would never take small steps that would contribute to losing weight because I would never take the small steps unless I could take the big steps. Um, And it's something that I think I wrote in a post yesterday was like, If you can't expect yourself to do the small things, what makes you think you're going to do the big things? Yeah. And that was exactly right because I'd never do the big things consistently because I couldn't do the small things consistently because they always felt like they weren't enough. No, and that's right. And, you know, we all have times where we tend to overthink things. Um, I do the same, not necessarily with my fitness, but with other things, like even things in business. I like to try and think of all the moving parts around that and all it really does is it just puts more and more roadblocks in front of us and it prevents Mm -hmm. us from actually taking action and i think an important thing to note is that once you do realize that your thoughts are what is creating your reality and once you realize that you are in control of your thoughts the shitty thoughts don't go away and they won't go away for quite a while Mm -hmm. but it's like you need to be able to recognize oh okay there's a there's a shitty thought Um, How can I start to reframe that or how can I just be aware of what's going on? Because a lot of the times we're stuck in these thought loops, just believing everything that comes into our head and thinking, well, if I think it, that must be true. Yeah. Or if I believe this, this must be true. When really beliefs are just thoughts that we repeat over and over again until we just think they're facts and they really never are. Well, it's that same thing like, you know, that same old saying of, 
if you tell a lie for long enough, enough times, like eventually it becomes the truth yeah. because everyone starts to believe it. Um, yeah. And that's, that's so true with ourselves. Like if we keep lying to ourselves and we keep like having these, as Ellie said, shitty thoughts, that's going to lead us to yeah. feel really shitty. And therefore we're not going to take actions that are in alignment with mm. what we say we want to do. Yeah. And it's usually over-exaggerating and dramatizing what's actually going on so in our heads it appears to be much bigger and much bleaker than what is what is fact and so one really great way to start to to look at your thoughts and start to figure out like am i just dramatizing this or is this real is to start with listing out what are the facts of the situation so facts are things that everyone in the world would agree on in a court of law that can be proven and facts are neutral. So a really one one easy way to find out if something is a thought or a fact is like, does it make you feel a certain way? Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel a certain way, it's not a it's not a fact, it's a thought. Because you know, the fact might be the scale weight is 70 kilos. But if your thought is oh, 70 kilos, I've failed, that's that's a thought, not a fact. And that makes you feel something then. It makes you feel uh, you know, yeah. defeated and deflated if we're having negative thoughts. And then yeah. in response to that, we take mm-hmm. an action in response yeah. to how we're feeling. Or we don't act. Yeah. Or we avoid action. Yeah. Um, you know, and that is really important in weight loss to recognize this because a lot of the times we'll say things like, I binged. And that's not really the fact. The fact is I ate XYZ food. You know, I ate three muesli bars and a, and a bowl of ice cream. That's the fact. But your thought is, I binged. That was terrible. I, I ate so much food. That's, that's the thought, not the fact. And so once we start to really look at what are we actually doing in a factual sense, we start to get some neutrality coming in and it's our, we can sort of tone down our thoughts, which means then we can start to take control of the situation and actually move forward. One of the really interesting ways that we've seen and heard and we've even applied to ourselves is to name the almost like character version of you who tends to have these thoughts all the time. Maybe they're quite negative thoughts. They're not really empowering thoughts. This is how you can like start to detach. Like, because sometimes we think that we are our thoughts. Mm. But the truth is that thoughts are just things that come into our heads. They come and go all the time. Like we're constantly having thoughts but we are not our thoughts. Like we are, the thoughts are not facts. Mm. We have a choice yeah. to believe or not believe. Either, yeah, believe yeah. or not believe, and therefore we feel a certain way or we don't feel a certain way. Yeah. And then we act in one way or we don't act another way. So the, the key yeah. point for you is to realize that there is a choice, mm. uh, you know, based on thoughts. Like, you know, they're just sort of yeah. things that come up. And that's really everything because a lot of us feel like we don't have control over our lives. Um, a lot of clients that I speak with as well, they think that, um, you know, I feel overwhelmed or I, I feel upset. And they think that that is just something they have no control over. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that you do have control over how you feel and the avenue to control that is through your thoughts. And they're always so like mind blown and the same way that I was when I learned this when they realize that they're controlling and they're creating their feelings through their thoughts. Mm. 
And it's not an overnight thing that once you realize this, then everything is perfect, you know, case in point myself. <laughs> it's something you have to work on every single day. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do. But it just gives you that sense of, I guess, an extra sense of peace in that you are in control. And when you do feel shitty, it's always, you always have the option to dig yourself out of that hole. That's exactly right. Um, and I guess um, the character naming is just another way to give yourself that different perspective on those thoughts. Basically how it works is you, you name one side of yourself that typically is quite negative. You know, they don't really show up in the best of ways. They have shitty thoughts quite often. And then the other side of you is the best version of you. That's the person who's thinking, you know, really positive. They're, they're starting to think about, well, maybe life has just sort of gone to shit a little bit, but what can I control? They're not looking for circumstances or people to blame. They're taking control and going like, what can I do in response to this? So it's... It makes it sort of um, a little bit of a fun exercise. That's why we said at the start this will it's, be a fun episode. <laughs> it's really good as well to to share your character with someone else. Um, Aaron actually created my character, but in your in your situation, you can create your character and share it with someone else, someone that's close to you, because then they'll pull you up, mm. and they can pull you up in a way that's a bit fun and lighthearted, and it makes it they're not. Uh, criticizing you but they're pulling your character up and it makes it a little less personal and, and critical yeah it and makes it, sort it of, fun because I mean, you have a laugh when yeah. you're in that sort of <laughs> shit and it, it helps yeah because we can easily get so sucked into the moment and you know we're, we're feeling a certain way we're feeling quite angry and it just spirals out of control like you know that that version that character of that um is the negative side of us tends to take over and we just get into this whirlwind of <laughs> name calling and you know we're swearing and we're carrying on and, and it eventually just Aaron blows is, out of control describing me right now <laughs> versus um versus when you know as Eloise said like if if you've told that character you, you've sort of you've given shown it a persona. you've given it a persona another person can pull you up and say like hey you know you're kind of going off the rails a little bit here yeah um, we need to come back to reality and sometimes it's a little bit of a gut check you know it's, it feels a bit shitty when someone else pulls you up on it but at the end of the day, that's going to bring you f much faster back to the person who is in control, the person who's yeah. making decisions that are in your best interest. Yeah, and it is really helpful, to be honest, to be pulled up by someone else as well, I've found. And Aaron loves to pull me up. <laughs> so right now, <laughs> as you're listening to this or watching this, uh, you're speaking with Eloise. <laughs> Hello. The, uh, <laughs> Prior to us recording this, uh, Eloise's alter ego, Nancy, was in the driver's seat. <laughs> named, named very lovingly by Aaron. <laughs> so what we have done in, in sort of this situation, and we, and we make a bit of a joke about it because at the end of the day, like it's not meant to be a personal attack or anything like that, but it's a, a kind of a joking sense that you can look at that side of you that is quite negative um, and start to, to put a label around it. And the more we can describe it and put a label on it and conceptualize this as almost like another person, yeah. the actually, more we can actually yeah. make choices. And to be honest, in my experience, like in the beginning, I was a little like, you know, skeptical about, 
you know, Aaron continually saying like, you know, Nancy's Nancy's here right now. I want to speak to Eloise. But (laughs) over time, I think it's actually really helped because it sort of makes me feel like you see the the best version of me, even when I'm like in in the shit. (laughs) And it's like, you accept both sides, but like, you'd rather speak to Eloise right now. And you sort of, even when I am being like, uh, ogre under the bridge, (laughs) (laughs) you still sort of like, see, I guess my potential to be a better person or better version of me, a nicer version. Yeah. Um, and I think that is helpful. Yeah. And that's, that's very true. Like, it's easy for other people to see the best version of us, even though we can't see it ourselves. For example, like even your parents, like take your parents, like they will love you unconditionally. They will always see the better version of you, even when you can't see it. Or someone who's really close to you, such as, you know, Eloise and myself, you know, we see the better versions of each other, even though we can't see it. You know, there's, there's a side of me that's, mm. You know, often quite negative, judgmental. Will like to pick pick apart the past and go like, "What did I do wrong? Like, what should I be doing?" But it's really not helpful at the end of the day, and it really does nothing for for me or for our business or mm. for us um, as a couple. But um, being pulled up on it really makes that difference, and it can really turn things around really quick, and it snaps you out of it. Mm. Um, so what's your character name? <laughs> I've been thinking about names for my character, and I think uh, I've landed on Reginald. Reginald. As the, uh, <laughs> it just makes me cringe. <laughs> Don't say that. There no. might be a Reginald listening. If your name, if your is, name is Reginald, Reginald we love you. <laughs> no offense Same to you. as if your name is Nancy. We love all the Nancys out there. It's just my brain Nancy we don't love. Yeah. That's right. And then, like it literally was, it, that name Nancy was literally born out of negative Nancy. Yes. You know, you're being a negative Nancy here. Yeah. Um, Another one you could use is negative Nelly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or negative Reginald. Negative Reginald. <laughs> Raging <Yeah>. Reginald. <laughs> Raging Reggie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, t- like for you, um, <laughs> it might be a fun exercise to do, um, but it's also Definitely. got a serious point to it, you know, and, and there's a there's obviously a serious purpose to it. It's Definitely to try and... Serious. <laughs> we're trying to be really serious here with you guys right now but um and see like whenever t- whenever there's a situation where you can have a laugh about it it mm-hmm. makes it much easier to unpack much easier to talk about you know it's easy for us to sit yeah. here and talk to you guys about uh what we've done for each other names like the character yeah but it's for a good purpose like we're really trying to move ahead and move forward and make mm. sure that we are acting for example as often as we can as Eloise and we're trying to limit how often Nancy's in the driver's seat or for me how often Aaron's in the driver's seat or whether it's Reggie that's taking control (laughs) damn Reggie (laughs) (laughs) and you'll never like your alter ego I guess will be with you for your entire life like there's no such thing as you're always happy and you're always the best version of yourself Mm. but I think like having that that alter ego I guess is, as we keep saying, very helpful to just give you that perspective and to also help you build that identity as you being the best version of yourself as often as you can. Mm. And giving you a, a vision to work towards as well, I think, and acknowledging that you are not your worst moments. Mm. That is like that other half of you, that shadow self. That's um, right. And being able to accept them too. 
you know, like as much as we joke about the fact that we want them to go away, it's like a lot of the work is actually just accepting that Nancy is part of me. That's right. You know, accepting her and accepting Eloise and Nancy and how they work together, you know, because yeah. that's, that's all of me. Like all of those parts are important and that awareness of where, who is in the driver's seat at what time is, I guess, helpful in moving forward and becoming Eloise more of the time. Because if you try to avoid that, that other self, those negative parts of you, then usually they just get bigger. So when I try to ignore Nancy, she just comes knocking on my door and she's living in my body most of the time. (laughs) But when I accept and I'm aware of her, it's like, um, you know, instead of being in me, she's just like with me in the background. (laughs) But I'm in the driver's seat. She's in the back seat. (laughs) (laughs) She's in the boot. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, as Eloise said, like it's it's a really important distinction to to make is the whole thing around thoughts and how they actually influence our feelings and then our actions and of course then our results from that yeah um it's a big thing that we speak about in our program yeah um because it literally drives everything Mm. you know the reason that a lot of us struggle with weight loss is because of those thoughts that are holding us back and the fact that we just blindly believe them and we never stop to question them or get aware of what our thoughts are before we eat food. Yeah. We just think, well, I want food. But we don't stop to think, well, why do I want the food? Like, what am I actually thinking right now that the food is going to give me? Mm-hmm. Because there's always something. And it's just like up to us to, to recognize that and then be able to step in and reframe our thoughts. And that process of being able to recognize and then reframe our thoughts is the work. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's the work we do with clients and that is the big piece of the puzzle that just like literally it's something no one ever told us. That's right, that's <laughs> and right. And, you know, years of suffering could be avoided from just really recognizing and practicing this. Yeah, and it's something that uh, was really groundbreaking for us when we realized that because yeah. a lot of the times, like when we first started in the, the fitness industry you know, and started our business, we were very much focusing on similar methods to a lot of other programs you know it's, it focuses very much on the actions yeah. side of things you know you're restricting a lot of uh, foods that you might be eating you're following meal plans you're sticking to lists of good food bad food yeah. you're going to different shops and you're buying certain ingredients so it's very much tactics driven it's very much focusing on what actions can i take but all the while it's completely brushing over the thoughts and the feelings yeah. which are ultimately what drives a lot of the actions in the first place it's the reason so many of us struggle to stick to diets and programs like that is because our thoughts are still coming in yeah and we don't know what to do with them and we yeah. think that it's just oh well we don't have motivation or we're just a failure we can't stick to the plan this is too stressful this is too hard not motivated yeah and we just think it's our fault but really it's it's not your fault it's just that you haven't found that right piece of the puzzle yet Mm. you know you're focusing too much on the food or the exercise or whatever and you're not paying enough attention to your brain which is what drives everything imagine almost like a bit of a circle and this this sort of fits in at the top you've got the thoughts and then if you keep going around in an arrow then you've got feelings uh, then you have actions and then you have results 
and it keeps feeding back into to each other so it's just a, a circle motion if we just focus on the actions alone that gives us a certain result which then feeds back into the thoughts so if the action is something like you know I've got to stick to this uh, meal plan and we don't really like any of the foods that are on there after we've eaten that it's going to give us a result and then that's going to feed back into the thoughts which therein lies the problem if we start to think negatively about what we're doing that's going to influence our feelings and therefore our actions as a result and it just keeps spiraling spiraling around and around and around and building momentum and therefore that's why a lot of people tend to fall off the bandwagon is because they don't actually like what they're doing because it's just it, it hasn't been addressed uh, from the thoughts side of things first. It's just focusing on the actions, which is kind of the wrong way to do it. Mm, definitely. It also takes all your power away because it's like these outside things are controlling your results when mm. the truth is that your results are controlled by your thoughts, essentially, and the way you're thinking about things. And, you know, some people can still get results despite not knowing this, but it's almost like accidental. It's like mm. you don't really know outside of following the plan. You don't really know how to get results. And, um, you know, that's crucial because life happens. Like there's no such thing as, well, I can follow this meal plan every day for the rest of my life. Like that's not reality. It's not going to work right. for that long. That's right. You know, you're eventually going to gain the weight back. And then it's like, well, what now? Oh, I have to go back on the diet. And that's why it's a cycle because mm. you need to get yourself off that cycle. And the only way to do that is to understand that like you're in control here and that it's usually like much smaller actions that actually make a result. But the driving force behind those actions is those thoughts and not beating yourself up all the time, learning how to speak to yourself kindly, learning how to redirect yourself when you're off track, learning how to recognize your Nancy or your Reginald. Yes. <laughs> and that's and that's really it, guys, in a nutshell. Um, it really does come down to your thoughts influence everything that you do and feel and act and ultimately the results that you experience. Yeah. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you, you've, you've sort of been down that road of the diet cycle, maybe you've tried, you know, a four-week, six-week, eight-week challenge, you've got results for that time. And then after that, things start to fall apart and then you go back to where you started from, chances are this is playing out time and time and time again for you, is that your thoughts are ultimately influencing the, the, the feelings and then the actions and that's why it's making it really hard for you and I think mm. going 180 degrees and focusing instead on the thought side of things and really addressing that and starting to recognize that you do have control over those, that might really turn things around for you. Yes, it most, most definitely will. Um, we see it time and time again, really, when people realize this, they're just like, wow, I wish I learned this earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I agree. <laughs> so guys, we uh, unpacked a lot for you today. Um, we hope you got some value out of this podcast. Yep. Nancy and Reginald out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.